0: This is Sandy Clough and Sean Tar on Mile High Sports.
1: Welcome to the show. It's Sandy and Sean, and here we are on the afternoon drive again. The rainy afternoon drive. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. take it easy again if it's anything like uh, yesterday. I remember zipping home through a, a tremendous rain and hailstorm, which was actually, to be honest, kind of a refreshing change of pace from 99. I didn't really hate it, but uh, but I understand it's not great to drive in. So, you know, take it easy out there, everybody, if you're going to hit the roads. And oh, it's, it's not a, hailing in
2: our neighborhood.
1: No. At least not yet. Not yet. Uh, it may have just jinxed it. But for the Denver Broncos uh, back at camp in pads today, the fallout from the back-to-back days <laughs> of uh, venting to Jarrett Bell after a couple of lattes is still catching up with Sean Payton, the New York Jets. Uh, mm-hmm. After Aaron Rodgers, I think um, – rather strongly swatted the comments, uh, you know, spotted them up precisely and swatted them into the front row. Yesterday, Nathaniel Hackett had an opportunity to talk about uh, basically the, let's face it, call it what it was, a cheap shot. And I thought took a higher road about it, Sandy, than you might expect. As as we said a couple days ago when this first came out, In this town, at this point, it was pretty hard to make Nathaniel Hackett a sympathetic figure, and Sean Payton
2: managed to do it. But they managed to do it. Already. Out of Dove Valley, yes. They have managed to make him a sympathetic figure. Um, No player, obviously, contradicted Sean Payton. I suppose that's understandable. Right. You're not going to do that. But Sean Payton, in the minds of many who operate within the confines of the NFL they're NFL people. And people who observe the NFL and have for decades, Peter King, for example, of NBC Sports, who writes a weekly football morning in America column. And after 11 weeks off, Peter King resumed his column yesterday. And Peter King has covered the NFL now for 40 years. So be year number 40, he began in Cincinnati in 1984 covering the Bengals and he now covers the NFL as he has for years for NBC sports prior to that for sports illustrated. He is not known as being particularly opinionated, but when he is, and maybe this is the idea and I know Peter pretty well and we've been friends for decades. When Peter does state an opinion, it is well founded. He's not an off the cuff guy. He's not a bomb thrower, nothing like that. And Peter King essentially wrote about Sean Payton that he did something that. in the unprecedented way it was done has not only invigorated the Jets, as we saw by some of today's Mm -hmm. comments, which continue coming out of the Jets camp, but it has put tremendous pressure on Russell Wilson and Sean Payton himself. And if... Peyton's idea was to show Wilson that he, Peyton, had Wilson's back. It may have backfired in the sense that these comments seem clearly now to have motivated the Jets and also put additional pressure on Russell Wilson, because if Russell Wilson continues to struggle at all in the manner that he did a year ago. People are going to look at that and let Nathaniel Hackett in our world of extremes completely off the hook, right? He'll go from 100% responsible for Russell Wilson's 2022 performance to having no responsibility. Boy, you, you hit it on the head. In our world Before of, Russell in our world Wilson's of 20, extremes, 2022 that's 2022 performance, the, that's the We point. are in a world yeah. of extremes, as, as obviously uh, uh, you have uh, suggested a time or two uh, over our, uh, what's it been almost? Two years working together with a yeah. little bit of a break. Maybe even longer than that. Yeah. But it's gone quick. Yeah, it's, it's been fun. Two years. So it, it's... And it's also put some pressure on the Broncos, but that that's kind of ancillary to the to the main issue. And uh, interestingly enough, yesterday, uh, in a piece that I look forward to every year, Mike Sando, who used to do this for ESPN and now does it for The Athletic, came out with his 10th edition of uh, the quarterback tiers in the NFL. Tier one basically being a guy you win because of. He can carry a team. He can win a game by himself. That's Mahomes, Burrow, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert territory. Okay. Can't tier two. That. Guys who can do that some of the time. I'm a little surprised Justin
1: Herbert's in tier one, but I'm, I'm nitpicking. That's fine. Okay.
2: Whatever. I I think the sense is when you blow a twenty seven to nothing lead at halftime. 27 should be enough to win a playoff game, especially when you're up 27 to nothing at the half, and that the defense collapsed. That Joey Bosa. I mean, and maybe yeah. the coaching was more nit- responsible than Justin. Herbert. I get it. All right. uh, that's fine. All right. I'd have him as Actually, high tier two. It doesn't really if matter. If you told me that Jalen Hurts was in tier one and Justin Herbert, was that's at the top. If I were to swap two, that, I'd prefer that. I'd. I do that. Funny. But you know what penalizes Hurts? The team around him is so good. It's so good that, in effect, penalizes Hurts. If Hurts played on a less accomplished Allen team, Rogers. he'd be in Tier 1. But I get it. But anyway. But, anyway, but, but Tier 2 is a guy can sometimes do it, but he has maybe a hole or two in his game. Okay. Tier 3, basically, uh, serviceable NFL starting quarterback, but boy, does this quarterback in Tier 3, any quarterback in Tier 3, need a lot of help needs a big time running game and a premier defense if you're going to win with this guy. This is uh Kyler Murray, Derek Card, Jared Goff, mm-hmm. the territory You say Jared Goff had a terrible defense in Detroit yeah. last year. He did. Yeah, but he year, had a great running game and he had a great receiver. Goff was as about an underrated quarterback as anyone. He had a great but, had and year, he year. A great he year a and he year is upper year. edge uh
1: tier 3. I think so. I think he's a little uh, Russell
2: Wilson is right behind Jared Goff, and I think only ahead of guys like Tua and Jimmy Garoppolo Ooh. because they're hurt all the time. Uh, Tua has had the concussion issue, and Jimmy Garoppolo, seemingly with the exception of 2019, gets hurt every year. If Tua every hadn't been,
1: been hurt last year, I mean, we, you, you oh, would, have, you would have gotten MVP against. votes, right, exactly.
2: Well, at mid-season he was before yeah, the concussions absolutely. hit, but once the concussions hit, I mean, that's part of the judgment. Uh, you yeah. know that it's the, whole, he, it's the one whole more, one more concussion and that he might be done done right okay so and and tier four are guys uh who are like I, and I don't agree with this by the way I think Brock purdy should be in tier three but we haven't seen enough yet to make a definitive yeah. judgment. That would be Brock Purdy. That would be Kenny Pickett okay, of the Steelers. Yep. That would be Jordan Love, obviously. Sure, we don't know any of now, Of Green really. Bay, right. that would be Baker Mayfield at this stage of his career. Okay. Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, Gardner Minshew is probably a backup quarterback. Pretty yeah, good backup quarterback, but he's not a starter. Okay, that's the idea. And then there's tier five. Well, nobody's in tier five. Tier five is a pure backup yeah. at best who for some reason has gotten a chance to start and has proven tier to five be at this point, a miserable player.
1: Even though he's been talked to himself talk up, tier five is your Jared Stidham. He's, playing, he's been in the league, he's played a handful of games. Yeah, But yeah, but the probably, body of work is not enough probably. to even put
2: him anywhere yeah. higher than that. But but th- these are basically ben all DiNucci. starting quarterbacks right. rated or guys who figure to become
1: starting quarterbacks. Well, they rated quarterbacks 30. I mean, there's 32 teams. They rated 30. Yeah, everybody else dead below it. Right. So, right shows how hard it is to get a so, quarterback. So, yes,
2: it, it, it's not even it, one it per certain, team in the list. Does. Yikes! But, does. Yeah. but you've only got five tier ones. You've got seven tier twos. Okay, tier threes are obviously the longest. Makes sense. Uh, list two, four, six, eight, eleven. That kind of a quiz tier You know, you and see tier average four students. yeah. is okay. seven. Okay, seven and tier four. That kind of equates to the ABCD. Grade so, Russell usual. Wilson's so, in the middle of the pack. That. Yeah, that sounds right. Here's what I'm postulating. If Sean Payton's words are to be given any credence at all, Russell Wilson has to be a Tier 2 quarterback in 2023. If he is again a Tier 3 quarterback, Peyton was not only uncivil in what he said, he, he was wrong. Well, I mean, at a certain <laughs> point, right, the rubber ass hit the road. Fundamentally I mean, wrong.
1: if you're the the, the coach but that is this offensive, brilliant offensive coach, that you're good at coaching quarterbacks, that's you get the best the out of them. You certainly should be able to get Russell Wilson no. from a basically a C average right. guy
2: to a B. Right. Yeah. So we're talking about the history of the quarterback tiers. Started in 2014. That's late in Drew Brees' career. Drew Brees was never anything but a Tier 1 or a Tier 2. Never. Right. Never. Quite, quite a bit of the time, I'll go back and look, but quite a bit of the time, most of the time he's Tier 1, uh, he yeah. might have at the very end been a Tier 2. Uh, but maybe, he was never a Tier maybe. 3. No, That's where Russell Wilson is now. Yeah, Sean Payton can sure. talk all he wants or suggest all he wants about how good Russell Wilson would have been last year had Sean Payton been the head coach of the Denver Broncos. He can talk till he's blue in the face. The fact of the matter is he is taking over a team with a Tier 3 quarterback. That's the reality. And if he can improve that quarterback, at least from Tier 3 to Tier 2, he has failed fundamentally and he will deserve whatever criticism he gets. Even if the Broncos win six or seven games or eight, uh, maybe even if they win nine and miss the playoffs, if they miss the playoffs and Wilson is still a tier three guy, at this time next year, Sean Payton's first year, in my opinion, would be fairly deemed a failure. The... The
1: point you're making there, I think, is is interesting because we, we all know all the time multiple things can be true simultaneously, and I think that's a really good way to look at this because let's face it, Sean Payton does have multiple goals. The way he's going to be evaluated, the way he's going to be considered, is based on multiple things as well, and that's a good point. If the Broncos, and 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 I'll take it, you know, in our world of extremes, to extremes, let's say the Broncos, knock on wood. A su- suffer a spate of injuries that this Tim Patrick and K.J. Hamler situation, just the tip of the iceberg. a spate of injuries last year right. and it was
2: all blamed on the training but staff. I and know, I happen. know,
1: but, but, bear, bear with me. But, the Broncos end up missing the playoffs because there's a lot of injuries, they're not that good, they end up winning six games, but Russell Wilson looks like Russell Wilson again. Hard
2: to believe that would
1: be nevertheless. Were that to happen, and I'm not saying 2020 Russell Wilson, I'm saying, but he, he looks like, okay, that looks like the way we figured 2019-2020 Russell Wilson would age over the next couple years. Uh, he looks like a quarterback that's aging, not a quarterback that fell off the cliff. I think you would look at that and say, okay, um, on one track of what Sean Payton did, that's good. If Russell Wilson's didn't that go where good, he goes, there's no
2: way they only win six. Probably not, but I'm, I'm going with
1: hypothetical. Unless Payton's worse than Hackett. I'm going with hypothetical here because I, what I'm trying to do is back you up here. And I think you're, you're right when you say that what he's doing with Wilson can be somewhat separated from the Broncos' team results. One way or another, including they, they could be better, but Wilson could, they could win more games. Wilson could look late last year. And you could say that Peyton well, really didn't uh-huh. succeed here because he's supposed to get Wilson back to
2: the kind of player the Broncos thought they traded for. Let's be honest. Wilson, if he was a Tier 3 guy last year, based strictly on last year, mm-hmm. was barely a Tier 3 guy. Last year?
1: I, I yes, mean,
2: barely. Absolutely. You pointed out Tua went healthy, was Far quite a bit better. better. Jimmy Garoppolo, before he got hurt, mm. in spite of his stepping on the end line against Denver yeah. and costing his team a game, he was better. Daniel Jones was better. Daniel Jones had a better year than Russell Wilson did. Geno Smith, by acclamation, had a better year than Russell Wilson did. Seattle made the playoffs. The Broncos did not. Seattle winning record. The Broncos did Justin Fields had a terrible team around him, a far inferior team to the one Russell Wilson had around him here in Denver, offensively and defensively, nothing around him. He had a better year. Ryan Tannehill was hurt a lot. His play declined. He didn't have a very good year. Mac Jones had a bad year, but, know doing was new England worse than the Broncos no and I keep hearing about how good the Broncos defense was last year and I can't believe new England's would have been better unless what I'm hearing about the Broncos defense has no basis uh in fact uh if it's stated as fact this was a good defense I don't buy that they gave up 51 points to the Rams on Christmas day the Rams had Baker Mayfield not Matthew Stafford Baker right. Mayfield a quarterback that day and put 51 on the Broncos And Baker Mayfield is barely staying in the league. He's in a quarterback competition in Tampa. Mm -hmm. He is not the designated number one at this point. He is 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 fighting for a job with who? Kyle Trask? Yes, barely. A second-round draft pick. Yeah. Baker Mayfield was a first-round pick.
1: A number one pick. And a number one
2: overall pick. And he's battling right now in what should be his prime for a starting job against Kyle Trask, who was not a first-round pick. No. Was picked instead in the second round. So my my point is if you look at the guys ranked in tier two, if Sean Payton is as great with quarterbacks in particular and offenses in general, why can't Russell Wilson be Kirk Cousins this year? Kirk Cousins is tier two. Why can't he be Deshaun Watson? at least of prior years. Last year was six games and he was bad. But in other years, Deshaun Watson was a tier one or a tier two. Matthew Stafford, probably healthy, healthy, is still a tier two oh, guy. Why so. can't Wilson be as good as Matthew Stafford? He healthy. He Why be. can't he be as good as Dak Prescott? Why can't he be good as good as Trevor Lawrence? Uh, so so I, I, mean, I don't expect him to be Jalen Hurts, or even Lamar Jackson, but those other Tier 2 guys, if Sean Payton is all that, and Sean Payton, with the exception of his final year as coach, has never quarterbacked someone who wasn't Tier 1 or Tier 2. In other words, that someone was always Drew Brees for 2021. Nice to have. So why can't Wilson be as good as Kirk Cousins?
1: He should be. He should be a Tier 2 quarterback this year, period. I, I agree. I think that's just that simple. He should be. And if he's not then uh, Peyton and Wilson have failed. And the Denver Broncos will not make the playoffs. And it's that simple. Those things are are intertwined, all of them. Peyton, Wilson, and the Broncos' fate as a potential playoff team are all entangled in a manner in which they simply cannot be separated. If one of those things isn't working, this team is not going to make the playoffs. It's your program as well. 303-831-1340 is the call or text line. So the question is, how rapid has Russell Wilson's decline been and trying to separate out how much of this is is age or injury and how much of this is, whether it's coaching or what happened to the changeover to Denver is a little hard to separate, but we will, uh, we're going to put on our, there will be some math. It'll be minimal because I'm here. So uh Sandy's better than me, but we'll use some math. We'll explain what it looks like and maybe, at least I suspect I'll be the one doing that, how it could get better. Next on Molly Sports. Rain, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Sandy Clough
1: and Shondro Tar, presented by Burnham Wall. Hire the winner at BurnhamLaw.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. We're talking about Russell Wilson's decline last year with the Denver Broncos. Now, keep in mind, as Sandy brought up, uh, Mike with the athletic, who did a great job of quarterback tiers. He's done this year in and year out. Now, they have 50 votes with their people who do it. Yes. And, and this year, Russell Wilson had 37 as a Tier 3, 11 as a Tier 2, and, and 2 as a Tier 4. But let's <laughs> go back. To 2022, there were prior a couple of people season. out of the
2: 50 who thought he was as bad as we did.
1: 34 went tier two, 15 went tier one, and one went tier three. Go back two years to 2021. <laughs> yeah. 40 tier ones, 10 tier twos, and 2020, 50 out of 50, tier one. So the, the drop-off has been calamitous. Russell Wilson and
2: historic in the 10-year history yes of quarterback tier and
1: so that's one of the reasons where I think it is okay to be optimistic because we know when you get uh, and any sort of data right you can get what they'll call noisy data or clean data but more data is cleaner data and anomalies are worth generally looking at as anomalies until proven otherwise Wilson's drop-off in this case is anomalous that it's that simple. It is. Now, this year we'll find out what it meant, but it's okay, I think, if you're a Broncos fan and look at it and say, at the moment I want to see if that was an anomaly because it appears to have been, but this is where I think you brought up rightly, Sandy, the idea that Sean Payton is a likely Hall of Fame coach and is renowned for his offensive skills, his play calling, and his ability to work quarterback. If Sean Payton cannot get Russell Wilson back to at least being the guy he was in 2020, prior to the 2022 season, the player that people thought he was, then Russell Wilson's drop-off may not be anomalous, and it might be the fact that in this, his age, and remember, he's not, when you look at the guys that are have aged well into their 30s, and it's fewer and far between. You know, we look at a Tom Brady, and, and you look at, say, and Aaron Rodgers, and you realize in Brady's case, in particular, Brady is an anomaly. No wow. one's ever aged like that in the history of the well, NFL at that I position. Mean,
2: you you just pointed to another example, and I, I would uh, I would describe Peyton Manning that way. I would describe John Elway that way. Uh, they had some of their best years. I would argue Elway had his best year late in his career. Um, I would argue Peyton Manning in 2013. Two years before he retired, right. had his greatest now, year. Now, Manning
1: played his game, but Elway, the game that made him, the, the style of play that made him famous in the early years of his career, that's not what he played late in his career because he came to understand, I can't do all the same things with age. I need to take advantage of the team around me as well. And then, He's and far then more efficient. Maximize, right. Became far a more, more efficient passer, taking fewer risks with the ball, taking fewer risks with his body. He Russell became Wilson, more like
2: Joe Montana than Dan Marino, And
1: Wilson has not made that. The, the best athlete in my lifetime that I have seen handle aging comes from the basketball court, and that's LeBron James. Yeah. You can make of what he will yeah. about LeBron James, but think of LeBron James as a young player jumping over everybody or well, going through everybody. Now think of LeBron James, who is still an effective player, uh, but he's uh, known as a, a, guy. He's a player that plays top-tier defense. He's become a facilitator that's extraordinary good, extraordinarily good, he become more dangerous at the three-point shot. Uh He has understood that as my body ages, the things that I did, I can't do. So how am I going to evolve my game? James has done it as well as anybody I've ever seen. Wilson, to my mind last year, didn't do it at all. And when we were talking about this at the beginning of last year, I was bullish about Wilson, but I would raise that concern over and over and over again that the way he played cannot be the way he
2: continues to play. I'll give you another example. A guy who never changed the way he performed and was actually uh, more efficient in his 40s than he had been in his 30s and his 20s, and that would be Nolan Ryan, who was still a power pitcher right up until the end. And a better pitcher than he had been earlier because he walked fewer people. So you can evolve and
1: change the way you do things. And Wilson has to evolve. All, All quarterbacks, all players, but all quarterbacks especially, have to evolve. Uh, if you go look at Tom Brady over the course of his career, Brady increased his release time, and so he released the ball faster and faster as he aged. He spent less time looking for second and third receivers. He got the ball out quicker and quicker as he aged. He also threw the ball shallower and shallower yes. as he aged. Yes. True. So Brady, receivers you, you look at the, the Brady and they're like, well, was always a pocket pass that was accurate. Sure he was, but he did change. Go look. He changed the way he played. Tom Brady near the end, winning his last Super Bowl ring, did not play the same way Tom Brady played in his first Super Bowl ring. He understood. uh, The the great players understand that they have to make some concessions to age, and in some cases, injury. Peyton Manning's
2: evolution with the Broncos was part of that as well, coming back from his neck surgeries. But it it still is a league in which, uh, particularly as you age, what you must-do out-of-the-pocket becomes more important, not less. And if 90% of quarterback play is generated out of what you do in the pocket, it doesn't mean you have to be immobile because you can buy yourself time. Peyton Manning was very good at that mm-hmm. late in his career. Peyton just didn't move little, that A little well, step here to the left. But he by himself, the right. a split second. Tom Brady was brilliant a, at that as well. More. Brady was right. a brilliant right. at knowing exactly. Just wanted to take right. a half step here. Russell Wilson played kind of a hybrid style for many years. And now the question is, how do you identify him? what What kind of quarterback is he? He's not a pure pocket passer. He's not a scrambler in the way Hurts and Lamar Jackson are, who can, who can also throw. His, his mobility has decreased. His arm strength isn't what it was. His accuracy isn't what it was, and his accuracy never was his calling card anyway because he relied on the deep throws. He was not an accurate, short-to-intermediate passer, well below league average as a short-to-intermediate passer when it came to completion percentage. That's always been the story with Russell Wilson. Now, you are right in the sense that no one, and I mean absolutely no one, could have predicted the precipitous decline that took place between his 2021 performance and his 2022 overall performance. No, Nobody could have forecast that. Um, I will say that his chances of becoming once again a high-level Tier 2 quarterback which is what he was, according to Matt Sando's piece mm-hmm. a year ago, which also involved GMs and coaches and coordinators and executives and quarterback coaches and analytics folks. Um, his chances of doing that would be about as great as Portugal tying the U.S. women. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That did happen. It did. Zero, zero. Zero, zero. That's why I'm dragging uh, it So right. what I'm saying is any sane person, and uh, even even those who follow soccer only casually, and I'm more of a casual observer, I think, Sean, you pay more attention mm-hmm. to that than I do. But I didn't hear anyone who thought yesterday at this time, that the U.S. chances against Portugal against whom they were 10-0 were of winning the game not tying the game even though a tie was in this case in the qualifying sense just as good as a win Right. I didn't listen to anyone who thought that the U.S. chances were anywhere but somewhere between 85-90% and 90% of winning the game winning the game outright not tying the game and hmm. qualifying, but winning, winning the game. That was the presumption. So there was a 10% to 15% chance that they'd tie or lose, and I would say there's a 10 to 15% chance, in my estimation, that Russell Wilson again becomes a tier two quarterback and a, you know, mid tier two, high tier two type of quarterback in 2023. 10 or 15% chance. So there's a chance that it could happen. I just don't think those chances are very good. I would never sit here and say it's 100% certain that he'll be at best only marginally better than he was last year, and nobody can say that, right? Maybe you say 95% chance, but I, I wouldn't even go that high. I think he has a 10 to 15% chance with this coach, given, given his record, and I, I look at scoring offense. I don't get too far beyond that, and he had – top five, top 10 scoring offenses in New Orleans, top 10 almost every year. I think three years they weren't out of 15, pretty good batting average. And I think nine times out of 15, they were top five. So his track record has been quite good. Now, the one caveat is that all those years, save for one, were spent with Drew Brees as his quarterback. And if you had Drew Brees... Uh, that helps. With a lot of coaches yeah. finishing top five and scoring top ten and scoring, well, that's he was one of the five or ten top quarterbacks, and generally there's a correlation. I mean, the Super Bowl championship quarterback is number one. Uh the second best team in uh, the AFC, I would say, over the last two years. Quarterback by Joe Burrow. Yep. Second best team by Kansas City, Cincinnati. Burrow's number two, third best team in the AFC over the last two years. Buffalo. Buffalo. Josh Allen is number three. Aaron Rodgers, two-time MVP in the last three years, number four. And Justin Herbert, who has put up fantastic numbers and seems to have everything you'd want in a quarterback, he's number five. And Hurts is the NFC champion last year. Right. He's a quarterback of the Eagles.
1: The I I'm a, I'm slightly more bullish on a, on a Wilson recovery than you are, but I you put it at ten to fifteen percent. I guess I put it at twenty five to thirty, but but not even one in three, because I think that in part the challenges that Sean Payton is going to have with with Russell Wilson is that the style of play that Wilson makes. We've talked about it before. We, we broke it down last week talking about his sacks. Historically a guy that uh, takes an immense amount of sacks. In fact only uh, two players ever who have taken 400 or more sacks as a pro had a higher per game average and that was Randall Cunningham and Phil Simms and, and he's going to be the, the fastest quarterback to be sacked 500 times in his career this year. That's going to happen.
2: takes too many sacks. well many well, You're telling me because Cunningham's not in the Hall of Fame. Sims' not in the Hall of Fame. Wilson, if he hits 500 if, sacks, he ain't gonna. At be least in the Hall if this
1: fame. year is, uh, at least if this year is anomalous, there are quarterbacks with 500 sacks in all the fame because they've sustained long enough. But in Wilson's case, this oh, is
2: no, but not not 500 sacks at age 34.
1: No, no, he'd be the fastest to get there by a pretty wide margin. He's not very far away as it stands right now. If he's sacked 18 times, which for Russell Wilson would be an almost unprecedented, what would be unprecedented, but almost an impossible to fathom number. Uh, he'd get to 500. He's 18 short. But it's Wilson's style of play. I, I, I get it. And, and there's where I guess I look at it with Cunningham and see something of an,
2: an interesting fit there. Because Well, we're talking about sacks per game now, just so we're per game, per game. Sacks but, per game, Cunningham 3.01, Sims 2.91, Wilson 2.79. Right, And then you have a huge drop back to 2.48, and Alex Smith 2.46, and Donovan McNabb. Uh, Alex Smith and Donovan McNabb are Your point is, where's the, hall of, is, yeah, where's the he, hall of Famer, though? Where, where's, the, where's the Hall of Famer? Matthew Stafford, I, I would say is borderline. Drew
1: Bledsoe? Dave nope. Craig, not in the Hall yep. of Fame.
2: Rodgers will be, but he's down at 2.3. Roethlisberger, yes. 2.22, Elway. The 2.3 is half is a sack 2. per game fewer than Wilson. Yeah, well, that's right. Half, that's right. half a sack per game. Half a sack per game. Half a sack per game. So I'm saying the two guys who have been sacked more per game than Wilson, they ain't in the Hall of Fame, and I doubt they will be. Alex Smith, Donovan McNabb, Drew Bledsoe, Matthew Stafford, Dave Craig, Uh, uh, of those, Stafford has the best chance, and that's marginal. I think think he has to have another great year or two, and they have to at least get to another Super Bowl. We're talking about a guy
1: that's won a Super Bowl. We're not even sure, you know, so it's in Wilson's case, this is it's tough. And I look at the Cunningham comparison and I see some similarities in as much as Russell wasn't quite the runner, but they had this particular style of play. They like to roll out. They like to throw the ball deep, show off the arm, hit the deep ball, specifically down the sideline. And and the game moved away from that. It moved away from it. It is a cyclical game and it moved away from that against Cunningham and it's moving away from that against Wilson. What the Broncos and Wilson tried to do last year and what Wilson has done his whole career, is not the style of offense NFL teams play now. The yards, average yards per depth per target is decreasing and has decreased for the last multiple years. Teams are playing shorter, faster passing games and letting the receiver do the work. Wilson wants to do the work and get the moon balls, and it's great. I understand that it's, it's, it's a highlight reel play, and it can be devastating if you get it, but the truth of the matter is teams know how to stop it. That's why nobody plays that way anymore. Russell Wilson is almost entirely unique in the NFL. If you look at the heat map of where he plays, where he throws his passes against sideline more than middle and the time to release and the depth of target, he himself has become an anomaly. And it's one of the reasons it's tough to imagine that that much can come back in a single season for Russell Wilson. The
2: only uh, good news, and I think we mentioned this a few weeks back, might be to look at the uh, uh, career journey taken by one Carson Palmer who seemed to be done and then all of a sudden got with Bruce Arians in Arizona and he wasn't done anymore. Well, let's take a look at that and see
1: if that that's perhaps a path to success for Russell Wilson. We'll do that next on My Life Sports.
0: This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports.
1: This life and the light, I just can't out Sandy, you brought up before the break. Right before. Uh, is this Creed? Danny Bailey? It is. Pourquoi? Uh, just because. Okay. It's a song called Rain. Oh, okay. Okay, got it. Okay, I didn't even know it was Creed, but I know that really the overwrought, hyper emotional singing—I'm like, that sounds like Creed. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I think. I, why would Danny pick that? Got it. on top of the run. Okay, it's, it's thematic. I appreciate that. Doing the homework there, much well, like Sandy Clough did, bringing up Carson Palmer, who uh, as the former first overall pick in the draft had a a second act that was very, very effective with Arizona. Really, technically a third, because he did spend a couple years in Oakland, but. Uh, well, that's he, when you thought he was washed. When he thought he was washed up, and then he got with the right coach in Arizona. And from now, how old was he? Thirty-four
2: when he, when he got to same age the as Wilson, Cardinals. which is what I suspected. I, I had not looked it up, but it, 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 he was the only name that came to mind for me. If you're thinking that there's any chance of a Russell Wilson resurrection, you can go back to Carson Palmer's career. And find that he hooked up. You prefer QBR at the same to, age. To pass a rating, right? Of course. Well, yeah. So so, yeah, so so Carson Palmer appeared done with the Raiders. He gets with Bruce Arians in Arizona. No, they don't win a Super Bowl, but they have some very good teams. Palmer's best Playoff
1: year teams. was was that third season of his when he uh, he had four thousand thirty five yards, twenty eight touchdowns. His QBR was sixty seven point one.
2: Now, which year was that? This was two thousand
1: six. Made the Pro Bowl that year. Was actually. Uh, third in offensive It wasn't 05. The 05 year. The O5, year, the year yeah. And that's the year he, he got the 05. Uh, uh, he was actually the top five in MVP voting. Yeah. Uh, he finished that. but and he, he hurt his knee in the, that way, season. Like
2: the first series of the playoff game with
1: Pittsburgh. Right. But he did come back to, to play the, all 16, Super Bowl the, the, the next year in 2006 and made the Pro Bowl. That was his best year at 67.1. But then you can see how this goes. We talk about aging. 2007, 62.5, 65 in 2008, slight better, but then when he hit 30, 58.6, 55.1, 55.3, which was his first year in Oakland, and then dropping all the way to 46.6 at age 33 in 2012 with the Raiders. That point- Better than Wilson last year, but not much. not much. And at that point, people thought Carson Palmer was washed. Yes. Now, he goes over to Arizona, and that age 34 season bounces back to 54. The next year jumps again to fifty six point eight, and then his thirty age thirty six season with mm-hmm. Arizona jumps to seventy six point four, the very best of his entire career, and never drops below fifty again for the rest of his career. So,
2: I, can, so he was below fifty as Wilson was last year for the first time.
1: And once he got with Arians, and
2: never once he dropped, goes with Arians, three
1: straight years went up. Right. And never went below right. 50 again. Now, never so, peaked at that 76. So but, is,
2: is uh, the comparison And Palmer's injury valid, history was far more substantial than Wilson's. Can Sean Payton be for Russell Wilson what Bruce Arians was in Arizona for Carson Palmer? at that age 36, he finished second
1: in MVP voting.
2: Now, Palmer happened to be... A big, strong, tall, not especially mobile, even before the knee injury in, right. the, five in the playoffs type of quarterback. Very yeah. different from yeah. from Wilson, Six, but still, five, he's big, the tall, one guy yeah. I think of who in his mid-30s got to a second, or in his case, third team and flourished. Got, got with the right coach at the right time. Um, had some pretty good players around him, including Larry Fitzgerald, mm-hmm. admittedly, who played forever. But you know, you, you look at that, that Arizona team, I mean, an aging Kurt Warner, he's another guy I kind of mm-hmm. sort of think of who was thought to be washed up. He goes to Arizona. Now, Aaron's not the coach, right. but they go to the Super Bowl and almost win it. Over Pittsburgh.
1: Now, the time frame there is a little bit different because the QBR rating didn't really uh, come into existence until that 2006 season. But that second year with Arizona at the age of 35, he had dropped all the way to 40. Well, he was at 45.2. That was the first year the QBR existed. But then those last three years, 36, 37, 38, jumped up to 67.9, 68.5, 66.2 if you prefer passer rating. 89.8, 96.9, 93.2. 89.8, 96.9, 93.2. And I know you look at it and go, wow, that's mediocre. Well, it is now. today it, it is. It wasn't in 2008. 2008. Well, it wasn't back then. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, it, it can be done when you have two things. The right coach, which I think, given Sean Payton's career, there is the indication that he can be that coach. And, and this is the big and, a quarterback like Carson Palmer or like Kurt Warner that understands I have to change if I'm going to continue to play in this league. Last year, Russell Wilson did not evidently feel that that was the case. How he feels this year is going to define not only the Broncos, but the rest of his career.
2: When you read the profile. bring Bring the horse to water, right? Can't make him drink. When you read the profile on Wilson in the quarterback tears column by Mike Sandoz. Uh, he dropped from an average tier rating of 1.72 in 2021 to 2.82. Largest one year decline in the 10 year history of quarterback tiers. Some of the comments got out of shape, read his press clippings, sort of, and this is in relation to his contract, had Denver by the proverbial short hairs. <laughs> lost a good deal of his athleticism and speed, uh, is characterized still as a good passer with a a very good arm. I would, from my observations last year, describe him as a fair passer with an average arm. I I think Mm, there was a noticeable loss in accuracy, and that has to do with passing quality. Noticeable drop. From mid-60s to just over 60%. Yeah, no, it it definitely wasn't. And the arm strength, uh, look at the yards per pass figure, that's always been at least respectable and often quite high with Russell Wilson. It was not last year. It was something like Mm 7.2, if I'm not mistaken. And the question that's asked in that summary is... Will he remain stubborn and unwilling to listen as he almost certainly was a year ago? And I agree. That's the central question about Russell Wilson. And the the answer offered or the projection made in the summary is that he will be less stubborn because he didn't respect Hackett. I will say this. I I indicated that Russell Wilson in recent months was more than comfortable that people go around saying, especially after Hackett got fired, hey, there was nothing wrong with Russell Wilson that Nathaniel Hackett didn't cause Mm -hmm. almost entirely. And he didn't swap that down all that aggressively. But in fairness, on December 28th, at his weekly press conference three days after the Christmas Day disaster at SoFi against the Rams, Hackett had been fired, and Wilson was asked about it. And among other things, in his description of Hackett was really quite warm and admiring, he said, I wish I had played better for him than I did. So that there was... With Russell Wilson as opposed to Sean Payton, an acknowledgement that Russell Wilson had played a fair role in the decline of Russell Wilson, and therefore in the disastrous season the Broncos put out when their chances of going twelve and five going into the season were considered much better than the chances that they're going yeah, five and twelve. That's And true. in fact, they went five and twelve.
1: That's true. And uh but but the, the note that you found there and 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 good good finding that of course that uh, at the very least Wilson had the same thing. Do, do I think Sean Payton actually truly deeply regrets talking to the day Not really, but I mean, yeah, in public you have to, you have to say you have to say your mea culpa is in public,
2: and if you're if, at least. Nathaniel you, Hackett suggested he does not expect at a phone least call he, yeah. from Sean. But Payton. you have
1: to be, at least have the awareness that you need you need to address it. And Russell Wilson did have the awareness at the end of the season that, yes, he could have played better, and that led to, in part, to Hackett's firing. Uh, Sometimes, just the words coming out of your mouth can have an impact. That's just the truth. You can ask a psychologist about it. We had one here yesterday, and Dr. Rick Frius, sometimes just actually saying it out loud, saying, look, part of the reason Nathaniel Hackett got fired is I didn't play well enough. Sometimes saying it does actually get it into your head. Russell Wilson certainly has... Heard all of the commentary from ex-teammates. Uh, his his year was so disastrous. Uh, he was being laughed at. Yes. Oh, he's definitely heard that. So if if all this didn't get through to him that whatever you did last year has to change, then there's not much you can do about it. I suspect that Wilson is self-aware enough and does care enough that some changes will be made. The question is, can he and Peyton find a way to meet in the middle? I don't think
2: Peyton wants to meet the middle. Yeah, I don't think so either. Peyton wants things done. Peyton is a My Way way of the
1: Highway guy. And uh, has Wilson basically had it his way last year and it went so badly that he's willing to do that or not? We don't know. We'll find out. And Old habits are hard to break. uh, They are, especially when you've been successful doing so. And that's the hard part. Wilson can look and say, but I've had good luck.
2: Even in some good years. He held the ball too long and got sacked too much. Right, but it got away with it and had good years,
1: and so that's where it gets tricky. So kind of breaking that down and rebuilding is going to be the trick for Sean Payton and for Russell Wilson. These two guys have to be working together or it's not going to work at all. But we're talking about You can hear it right now. It's the sound of football coming back. Now is the time to place your preseason bets with Superbook Sports. Superbook's the most trusted name in Vegas, and you can use their promo code MILEHIGH to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they'll match your first bet up to $250 with the promo code Mile High. So don't miss out this football season. Win some money with Superbook Sports and the promo code Mile High. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, he all but lives out at training camp at this point in time. That is uh, Cody Bork, My Life Sports, lead Denver Broncos, writer, the host of uh, Good Morning Football right here on Mile Life Sports and YouTube. He'll join us next he cussed, kicked the dust, saying, sun
0: it's way too dry. The clouds up in the city, the man complains. But where I come from, rain is a good thing. Rain makes cold. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you.